Combo Nation quick announcement. We have started a Patreon page, a Combos Court Patreon page, if you will. If you would like to support the podcast, go check that out. Link will be in the description. We have two tiers, the Combos Court Patron. We also have the Combo Statue Membership tier where you'll get exclusive Patreon-only Combos Court episodes. If you don't want to rock with us on Patreon, that's totally cool as well. You'll still be able to listen to Combos Court on your Apple Podcast app and Spotify. Appreciate the continued support. Combo Nation, we are out here. What up, what up, what up everyone? Welcome to episode 111 of Combos Court and I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcasts app or wherever you listen to Combos Court. Today's show, College Hoops NBA prospect specialist Rashad Phillips joins in. It's always great having Rashad on the show. Follow Rashad on Twitter at RP3Natural. That's RP3NATURAL. You know you could follow me on Instagram at 12Combo. That's O N E T W O C O M B O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. University of Detroit Mercy's all-time scorer, NBA prospect specialist, Rashad Phillips. Welcome back to the show, man. How you feeling? Man, I'm excited, man. Thanks for having me again. It's a privilege to always be on your platform. It's always great having you. Um, you know, skill development, it's changed so much over the years. I, got, I wanted to know how you approach skill development and what gave you that edge when you were growing up as a player. And what are your thoughts on skill development in this current day and age? Yeah, I mean, you know, my father started uh, a training facility back in 1979. And um, I always came up with just, you know, just playing the game watching what was on TV and trying to basically imitate what I was seeing on TV. Um, and, and I think um, during that time, it was, it was really fun because um, to have a, a great imagination of the game and have the ability to imitate the Isaiah Thomases, the Michael Jordans, the Larry Burrs, the Magic Johnsons at that time, in that generation, it, it was a great thing for me individually because uh, I was really good at doing that. And I was able to kind of mix those games into the game that I, I had and, and, it, and it worked it worked for me. Um, but when you you know, you look at today's generation, um, there's just a different dynamic. The, the kids are bigger, they're faster, um, they're stronger. And, and then on top of that, you have the different platforms of social media, what have you, that it's, it's kind of given these kids, uh, um, for lack of a better term, a, a, a better way to expedite their skills faster than um, I did in my generation when we was coming up. So I actually love um, the generation uh, today because you can actually expedite the training sessions because of all the access um, with social media. Right. And the kids are just I mean, the kids and even the adults now, they could beat the defense in so many more ways. It's just it's amazing to see yes. how the game progressed. Yes, for sure. What's the latest on James Wiseman? Is he going to be able to play? And um, how do you think his game will translate to the next level? 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be able to play. Um, I, I just think that it's, it's unfortunate, obviously, because we, we, we want to see a player of that caliber perform. Right. Um, but out, outside of that, I mean, I just think he's a terrific player. Um, if if I'm if I'm the Golden State Warriors right now, like I'm doing everything in my power to try to draft Wiseman. I was thinking um, the exact just, same thing. I was thinking the yeah. exact same thing. Yeah, I just think that what he brings to the table is is I mean he's a he's a rim runner. He's seven feet. He's agile. He has terrific mobility. And I him pairing with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, I think he puts them right back in championship contention. With his size and his and the way that he plays the game, he reminds me of a, a a young David Robinson. If you go back and you look at the 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 clips of David Robinson when he was at Navy, and you look at James Wiseman, you see a lot of similarities in regards to the the body structure and the ability to score baskets um, quickly and at a at a high efficient rate. So if I'm Golden State, I'll do you should be doing anything in your power, which it looks like they are doing to get in a position to draft James Wiseman. He beats the whole defense like a guard though. It's like amazing. Like the way he gets yeah. down the court and he could get into that Euro step at that size. I haven't seen yes. too many players that could do that. Yeah. He, he, he's a very agile kid and he's quick. You know, like I said, like a lot like David Robinson, he's really quick to the ball. Like you said, um, he's, he's, he's kind of just, He's beyond his years. His, his body looks great, too. He doesn't look like, you know, at, at certain ages, you know, the kids, they look like, well, they haven't really filled out yet. But he, he looks um, he looks relatively strong. So he's definitely a, a top one, two, three pick. And if I'm Golden State, that's who I'm aiming for is Wiseman. Right. I had the chance to watch the Duke-Kansas game. I'm not going to lie, Rashad. The first thing that came to my mind while watching that game was this is really sloppy. I don't know if you had the yes. same thoughts. Uh, yes. What do you, you ever put any thought into what we could do uh, to make the college game just a better, more fluid game like it should be in 2019? Um, I, I, I think what you could do, and, and to, to echo what you said, yes, th- that entire game was just a sloppy game. I, I, I think the kids were just a little antsy. They were trying too yeah. much. Um, and, and, and that's, that's, what's expected. You know, the first game of the season, you playing at Madison square gardens on TV. So, you know, the nerves had a lot to do with that game. Um, but if you wanted to enhance the game a little bit, you would maybe add the defensive three seconds. Um, yes. And, 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 and force teams to rotate better without just standing in the lane. Um, that will probably give the game, um, a little bit more fluidity. Um, in regards to um, defensive switching, defensive schemes, and obviously allowing the offense to have an opportunity to to get to the lane without um, there being any restrictions. I guess it's fair to say that they, they took a step forward with dragging the three-point line out a little bit. Yeah, I, I think that was good, too, because you open it up. And, and, and now what, what you're doing with the college game is that you're allowing – the athletic slashers to have more of a prominent role in the college game because a lot of the slashers and athletic kids, they struggle in college and it's because there's no defensive three seconds. The three point line is really close. So those type of kids, they have a hard time of finding 
their rhythm and, uh, and, and comfort zone in college basketball. And they kind of thrive if they get a chance at the NBA because of the, the, the defensive three seconds and the three-point line being pulled back. Right. All right. Uh, Cassius Winston, uh, you spoke to him being the best college player in the country. Can you speak to his game and just what, what mm-hmm. value that brings for a player to stay four years in school? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's uh, – and I, I stand by that. I, I do believe that he's the best college basketball player in the country. And you have to listen and hear what I'm saying. He's the best college basketball okay. player in the country is what I'm saying. And a, a lot of that has to do with the fact that when he came into college, he was a high – IQ cerebral type of player and then when he's he's had such success he's been able to stay there four years and under the under the tutelage of coach Izzo like he has so much knowledge that he's been able to inject into Cassius Winston that also bleeds out into his teammates so when anytime you have a person like that at that at that position, the point guard position, which is to me is the most valuable position, then you're going to put yourself in a position to win games. Not only that, um, have some individual success and Cassius has been a beneficiary of both of those. Rashad, would you like to see a system in America? Because in Europe, basketball and school isn't connected. Would you like to see that same system in America? Yeah, kind of, sort of, um, you know, we just, you know, we're in a country where we're, we're stuck in our ways. That's the kind of country we live in. And I don't think the system is broken like everybody portrays it to be. But I yeah. do think there it, it needs to be some adjusting. Um, and if you can get these higher ups in one room and actually try to hammer out just some adjustments, I don't think you need to duplicate the foreign uh, you know the foreign foundation and what they said because at the end of the day uh americans are still the dominant player in this sport you know it's not like it's not like soccer maybe if you ask me should american soccer maybe duplicate what they're doing in europe then i would i would be on board with that but still today the numbers say that basketball is American driven. And even though Europe, Europe has, you know, done a terrific job of creating and, and bringing up different players within their structure. And they've had some success with that. Load management, Rashad, load management. Um, when I was uh, playing, I noticed, I, I noticed towards the end of my career, if I would take yeah. that practice off before the game, yeah. I feel so good. I just feel so great during mm-hmm. the game. So load managing actually could help you in the long run. And it, it could actually help a team as long as it doesn't hurt chemistry. You know, like guys looking at this guy, like, why isn't he playing? Yeah. Um, the Clippers knew what they were getting into. What are your thoughts on load management and just everything around it? What are your thoughts? Yeah. On it? Um, I, I really like when you look at, you know, guys that take some of the days off, we really don't know what's going on with that player. So I think it's really hard for us to play judge and jury when we don't really know that player's body, you know? Yes. Um, You know, so, yeah, I know perception becomes reality. um, But a a lot of times with these players, and and let's just take Kawhi for an example, like Kawhi is being – Kawhi is smarter than what people give him credit for. 
Um, he oh, we know that. Oh, we know that now. Yeah, yeah. Like, the way he he constructed his whole yeah <laughs> his whole uh, situation in in LA. Yeah, he's I mean he's clever. He understands his body. He wants to he yeah. wants to preserve his years, and he's on the he's on the right team to do that. Like he has the luxury to sit out games because the Clippers are so um, deep. They have they can go yes. one through twelve, and so. It, it doesn't bother me from a player standpoint. Um, from a fan standpoint, which I is I, I rarely sit in that seat, but from a fan standpoint, yeah. the fan standpoint, you know, I do get that as well because they figure like, you know, I paid this amount of money to watch this player, but at the same time, the player comes first and his health comes first. So if he doesn't feel like he can go that night, you got to respect it. If you're if you're sick. And you and you call off on your sick day, then you have that option as well. So we can't condemn Kawhi Leonard because he feels that at that that particular day that he don't he his body can't go through that regimen. There's no question that load management works. It just makes you fresher when the postseason comes. Like yes. there's no doubt. There's no doubt. That's proven. So with Kawhi, you know, you could also say that just making sure that he had a player like Paul George with him. Was a, was load management in itself? Of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, you 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 can look at a lot of. I mean, look at you know LeBron James and you know, yes. Half of his career, he's always made sure that he had another superstar next to him so he can take plays off. And I have nothing wrong. I I have nothing against that. I wholeheartedly believe that you cannot win unless you have another great sidekick with you. That's just that's just how I feel, you know. I most definitely, you know, all the teams that I've won on, whether it's a, whether it was overseas or in college or in high school, I always had a sidekick that was, you know, that was just as good. So I, I, I commend guys that make sure that they are controlling their own narratives and pairing themselves with players that they feel that can help them advance. Yeah, well, you know a lot about the Detroit culture. I would agree with you with almost every NBA team, except maybe that Detroit Pistons team where they were just like super deep. Like there was no, I don't, was there like a main player and a sidekick or were they just super deep? Like that's how I feel about that Detroit yeah. Pistons team with Chauncey yeah. and Rasheed Wallace. Well, you got to think about it. Like Ben Wallace is, he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, we, he, he, Ben Wallace was the, the Dennis Rodman, you know, defensive player right. of the year, like can guard anybody, like, Man, if you put Ben Wallace on half of these NBA teams, they would be championship contenders. So I, oh, yeah. I don't think Ben Wallace gets enough credit because he wasn't the guy scoring 25 points a game. But this is the guy that anchored the defense. He didn't give up points um, and he finished everything around the basket. So he was he was the straw for that Detroit Pistons team. He doesn't Ben Wallace does not get enough credit on how fantastic of a sidekick and player that he was most definitely came from a d2 school what a story wow what a story undrafted crazy crazy all right let's shift to the nba nba rookies yeah um who who surprised you man who surprised you this year out of all the nba rookies well obviously we just got started but from the early mm-hmm. stages of this season um it's hard to it's hard to surprise me because i do my homework <laughs> you know like right i right. can't say oh kendrick nunn surprised me i can't say that yeah, you know, because I yeah I said that he would be a great NBA player. Um, maybe. Well, why do you feel like Why do you feel like he surprised others? 
I, I mean, we we talked about this before. I just don't think the 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 major platforms they don't they don't dig deep enough into the players into the film. If you just watch TV, you would think that there's only twenty college teams and thirty players. If you you know if yeah, that's if, that's crazy. If you watch TV, you would think there was only fifteen NBA players and five teams. Every time you turn on the TV, it's just it's Lakers, Clippers, and three other teams. If you turn on the TV, it's only Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State, you know, and North Carolina. Yeah. So when you when you know that's what the norm is for me, I cover the whole landscape of of scouting. So I'm able to find players like Kendrick Nunn and say this kid will be a good pro. But to answer your question, I don't want to get away from that. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe Tyler Hero. Um, I don't want to say he surprised me, but the way that he's adjusted to the NBA so quickly has has been yes. has been a joy to watch. So I think maybe that surprised me because, uh, and it shouldn't because he's such a terrific player in high school. He went to Kentucky, so he has all of the pedigree, the lineage to say, well, he's going to be an NBA player. But maybe his adjustment to the NBA so quickly. Um, was something that was surprising to me. He could really shoot it. He gets it off really quick. He fits the modern NBA really well, and he has a dog in him. He does, and he's not really that big. Like he's not. He's like real frail. He's like six four. So you just would think, like, man, he may struggle a little bit, but he he just he hasn't. He's been terrific. Yeah, I think we're on the same page for John Morant uh, for Rookie of the Year. Man, mm-hmm. he's such a great all around player. So explosive, gets to the rim, could shoot it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Where would you like to see him improve? Well, he has, you know, I I think the decision making is where he's going to have to get better at. Um, Okay. You know, I I watched him the other night. Uh, They were here in Orlando and, um, you know, just I just think the decision making and he wants to make the big play all the time. And once once he gets better with that, I I think he'll be and and obviously Memphis surrounded him with the right players. uh, Jaron Jackson, Jr., is terrific. I love his game. Yeah, yes. he, he's terrific. Um, and I really like Dylan Brooks as well. Um, so yep. I, I believe that once Ja, you know, learns not to be so reckless in the air, because if he continues to play that style, he's, his career is going to be short. Um, he plays really reckless, you know, like he's high flying, trying to fly over everybody. And in the NBA, you don't really want to do that. You know, you know, he took a tumble a couple of weeks ago and almost tore his knee out of socket because he's trying to, Oof. you know, so but that's just the way he plays with this reckless abandon like like Derrick Rose used to do. And so yes. if he just can maybe like just hone in on not being so reckless, um, I think that he's going to continue to be a terrific point guard in the NBA. Yeah, probably changing speeds. Even when he gets in the in the lane, he could slow down a little bit. You know, it wouldn't hurt him; it would only help him. Yeah, it's just you know he he's he's so dynamic, and I think when you're such a great athlete, you lean on that attribute sometimes too much. Um, and I think yes. he's such a great athlete is that he just like I'm just gonna keep using his skill as much as I can. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, and sometimes it could it could catch up to you. So, like I said, his decision making once he clears that up, and you know, kind of t- turns down the volume on trying to 
you know, have these miraculous dunks, um, I think he'll be, a, you know, continue to be uh, a terrific player. Yeah, his his reckless abandon is like like a Westbrook, like a Derrick Rose. But I'll tell you one thing: his layup package it's a little bit different than those guys. Like he has a lot of extra things he could get to, like even more options than those guys when he gets to the rim. Yeah, and I just think I think that's the evolution of the game, though. You know, I, yes, I just think that yes. like we talked about the first question you asked me about the training and what have you. Yeah, it's the it's the imitating that you have yes. you got to think when when ja two years ago ja was probably on youtube looking at all these finishes and started adding it to his game so that's just the evolution to the game and he's yeah. and he's added that to his and he's added that to his repertoire so i don't think it's taken away from a john wall or a derrick rose and because i mean derrick rose won mvp right one mvp at 22 years old and john wall has been a superstar in the nba until his injury so um, ja has quite a time before he can get to that level, but he is on pace to be a standout player in the NBA. LaMelo Ball, LaMelo Ball, Rashad, mm-hmm. do you feel like he'll go number one and do you feel like he deserves to go number one? I know we haven't seen the college season yet, mm-hmm. so it's very early, but what are your thoughts on LaMelo? Yeah, I believe he should be the number one pick, um, you know, unless Golden State gets the number one pick because it, because okay. it becomes, to, it gets to the point where it's, it's about fit, right? And this this kind of goes into my Luka Doncic thing in regards to fit. Like I called that one. You Rashad. sure did, yeah, for sure, for sure. He's fantastic, <laughs> but it's like yeah. it's about fit. So, yeah, I think I think Lamelo Ball is the best prospect, pro prospect, right now. Okay, but me saying he's the best pro prospect that doesn't take away from other guys like Anthony Effort. I mean, Anthony Edwards, I think he's terrific. Yes. And obviously Wiseman right. and Cole Anthony, like there is, there's about five, five to seven players that are just going to be really terrific in this draft. But I, LaMelo Ball sits at the top for me. And because he plays the, the, the point guard position, um, the size and, and his upbringing, upbringing plays a lot into this. He comes from that lineage. So he's around the right people. Uh, my college teammate Jermaine Jackson is his mentor that's out in Australia with him right now. And I just believe LaMelo has surrounded himself with the right people early. And that's why in my book today, currently, he should be the number one pick in the draft. Rashad, great stuff. Always great having you on the show. Where can we find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Rashad Phillips 2319. You can find me on Twitter at RP3 Natural, and you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is Sports Talk 2319. Rashad, you're always welcome back on the show. Let's do it again. Appreciate it. Talk soon. There it is. Episode 111 is in the books. Thank you for listening, and big shouts to Rashad for joining in. We appreciate you. Don't forget to rate, review, punch down on that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcast app. If you would like to support the podcast even further, check out our new Patreon page. Link is in the description. Take a screenshot of this episode, post it on your IG stories, tag me at 1-2-Combo. I'll repost it. Be on the lookout for episode 112. Combo out.